The Sport Industry Access Podcast, episode 164. What's it take to pursue a career in sports business? episode of the Sport Industry Access Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Bowers. I cannot believe we are here. This is the final episode for season four. I like to take December off. One, I think it's a great time to reflect, but also it's a time where it should be focused on family and thinking about the next year ahead. So just to give you the heads up, there will be season five, but if you don't mind, and I don't do this often on the episodes because I always want this to be the best experience for you from a learning perspective, but if you've enjoyed this show over this year, please could you leave a five-star rating on iTunes or Spotify and leave a review. I would really appreciate your support. But now getting back to today's episode, as always, my goal each week is to provide you a special guest who is an expert in a specific field in the sports industry, especially if you have an interest in pursuing a career in sports business. I hope today's episode can be useful to you with regards to your interests and needs. Now, getting back to today's show, this week's special guest is Nigel Fletcher. Nigel has over 20 years of experience working in the sports industry, specifically in the football sector. Currently, he is the CEO of the International Sports Convention. For that reason, I'm very fascinated in Nigel's line of work, and it's great to have him as a special guest on the show. That's when today's episode, Nigel will share his sports career journey and explain to you what it really takes to pursue a career in sports business. Nigel, it's great to have you on this show. Please could you share to listeners your sports career journey? When did it all start? Well, thank you, Ed. Um, great to be on this show. I mean, where, where did it all start? I think, like, like many people, it was an interest in, in sport, passionate about sport, and obviously then, you know, playing that sport. But, you know, for me, where it may have kicked off in terms of a, a career was very much at uh, university when I was doing my bachelor's at uh, Loughborough University over 20 years ago. It wasn't necessarily the course, to be fair. Um, I had the opportunity then to, you know, do my football coaching badges. So I did that up to kind of UEFA B license and then coached at clubs in the UK and organisations in the USA. So I got involved in kind of, a, you know, the athletic union and organising events. So that's where maybe the event side kind of kicked in. In, into. I spent a summer, two weeks um, at, at, at Wimbledon Championships, you know, assisting them, kind of like, you know, a security guard and a player escort. And that was over 20 years ago. So, you know, th- th- those phases of work experience and, and, and doing some casual roles really got me thinking maybe then. So, you know, Fast forward 20 years uh, later, um, you know, I, I set up a coaching company called British Premier Soccer Schools, which for over five years was one of the largest providers of uh, holiday camps in, in the UK. I, I worked briefly with the Football Association in, in the FA Learning Department on kind of commercialising 
um, their offering, especially in, in North America. Um, and then, you know, I spent five and a half years at FIFA, um, at their HQ in, in Zurich. And that was a very interesting um, period working with then just over 200 national associations and, and traveling globally. So you really saw what, you know, football was from a kind of a real global perspective and the kind of the opportunities and also the challenges um, there. Spent eight years as a part-time chairman of the European Synthetic Turf Organization and in at the back end of 2009 started what is now uh, the International Sports Convention of which I'm a co-founder and chief executive. So we're now in our 10th year with the International Convention. Well, we'll be talking about that in a lot more detail, but I've got to go back in time, Nigel, just from this little snippet you mentioned. With regards to the work you're doing as well now, when you're at university, what, how did that experience help you from that event perspective? You said you were involved in events you know, during your time at university. How did that support you looking back now? Yeah, hindsight is a, is a great uh, factor. Um, I, mean, I mean, for me, it's all about, you know, getting experience hands on. And then something later, you look back and think, well, that really helped me. At the time, it was just, you know, you know, these were things which interested me, organising events, getting involved like two weeks at Wimbledon, you know, organising, you know, the football club, uh, you know, uh, dinner and end of year uh, kind of social and, you know, that all put me into kind of, a, you know, in a place where that's all about event organisation and, and management and, and, and leadership. And, you know, looking back now, those were very important steps between, you know, then at the ages of 18 to, to 22. And just from a business perspective now, can you remember that sort of moment in your career going right, actually, sport business is where I want to go more permanently, if that makes sense, from after doing some of the internships. Can you sort of that remember that sort of moment? Yes, definitely. I mean, it was actually when, um, you know, I, I was working for Cambridge United Football in the Community and Manchester United Soccer Schools. And then I spent uh, a couple of summers out in the USA. And the approach in terms of you know, coaching, but also really looking after the, the children, looking after really the customer, which was the parents. The approach in the USA was somewhat different and I have to say uh, better. Um, it was all about the customer experience, making sure, you know, little Billy or Sarah had a great time. And therefore, there was a culture there of, OK, if they enjoyed it, they will come back um, kind of with repeat business. Whereas UK, um, let's say, community and soccer camps 20 years ago, it was all about finding then the next David Beckham. So it was more about elite um, kind of looking for that next academy player and wasn't really looking at the kind of the fun element and looking after kind of the business opportunity um, and building a brand um, with with children in, in, in their local area. And that's for a lot of clubs. I know it's changed, but it was that kind of that USA philosophy, which really um, thought, OK, let me take that USA philosophy in terms of customer service and, and, and also kind of a, a kind of a learning and education 
um, to, with, with the children and let's implement, implement that. Um, and, you know, that's how it started. I developed a, a soccer camps business for just over five uh, years in the UK and I was competing with a lot of the professional clubs. But because I was targeting, you know, the mothers and the fathers and little John and little Sarah, who are seven years old, let's say, and they all, all they wanted was a fun, fun time at one of our, you know, uh, soccer camps. So, um, and it, it showed me, you know, it's not, you could really compete with established uh, providers if the offering is better. So that kind of, that passion in, in terms of coaching moved into then the kind of the, the business sense um, for sure. I find this really interesting and you've just highlighted another important topic in my opinion. From your experience of your career, how important is it to be mindful of different cultures and countries with regards to sport business and get inspiration from different countries, which you've just explained with the USA, but now you're working in Europe. Do you do you take that into factor from a business perspective? If you're working in, in any kind of business, but especially sports, I think you've got to be open minded. I think that's a very important um, skill set to have. You know, different businesses and organisations, you know, working, you know, basically different ways. And, and, and you know, and, and you've got to be mindful of that, that the UK, USA way of doing business and, and being really maybe to the point is maybe not what, what happens elsewhere. Um, and that's very important to be, be mindful of, for sure. And just looking at the sports industry from a bigger picture now, relating to your experience, how have you seen the business sector thrive with regards to the sports industry from the last 20 years? Yeah, I think that's a great point. Um, I mean, for me, the last 20 years, there's been a, a very much a steady increase and probably in the last 10 years, a rapid development in terms of education and uh, professional development. So approximately 20 years ago, um, I did the MBA in football business at Liverpool University. And, and at that stage, there's probably only two or three other kind of international providers providing, you know, kind of business programs in, in, in sports business and, and, and football business. I also did the master's program in football business at the University of London at Birkbeck College. Now, you know, 15, 20 years later, there's a plethora of, of courses, both nationally and internationally, online, executive masters, um, bachelors. For me, the, the courses were great, but what I really got out of them were, you know, the guest speakers and your peers. And then you start to build, you, you see what's really happening in the industry. Um, and you also, you know, with the peers, especially on our Liverpool MBA programme, there were about 15 nationalities. Um, and that was very interesting to show, you know, this is what the industry is about and not just let's look at it from a UK perspective. So that really opened um, kind of my thinking on the opportunities internationally in the sports industry. What it also shows as well really quickly was that you're building that sort of global network right from the get-go. And out of interest, from your career, how important is those sort of networking skills reflecting now? It is very important, um, but I think, you know, I think sometimes it's the, the word communication is probably better, you know, in terms of building relationships, you know, be, being open, being out there, you know, meeting 
um, a lot of people in the industry. Um, and, you know, I think that's where, you know, a lot of your readership, you know, it's not then about being in the library and, and getting the two, one or the first. It's then really, OK, the answer is actually out there in, indus- in, the, in, in, the, in the real world. Um, so being out there, attending events, you know, being open to both both change and opportunities is, is very important. So I know we'll touch upon it later. I, I think work experience and, and different types of work experience is the key because actually it's not just a work experience. You're actually then starting to build up your network. Um, and you then you, you, over a few years, then you can say, oh, you know, I, I know a lot of people um, in the industry. And of course, what I do now with the International Sports Convention is, yeah, we are primarily an events business, but really underpinning that, underpinning that really is we are a networking company bringing different organizations um, together, but being really open-minded um, and being out there um and and, you know seeking opportunities and meeting people is very important absolutely and before we talk about today's podcast topic just really quickly you've given some great insight of the sort of different traits of working sports business working the sports industry but out of interest what would be your sort of key number one strength that has supported you throughout your career journey i think it's communication and like any skill set you know, you grow and develop that and get better. But 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 communication um, for me is is the number one, and that that really includes a lot of aspects. That's building relationships, personal relationships, corporate relationships. Communication, I find, you know, our best business development um, colleagues are the ones who've got good communication um, skills, both as a listener and also as a talker. And I think that's very important, that, that whole kind of communication um, mindset, really. I really do hope the listeners take that on board, Nigel. Just really quickly now, could you remember what inspired you to set up the International Sports Convention? And could you talk about the event you'll be doing in 2020? Yeah, no, I remember the kind of light bulb moment, um, although that light bulb uh, was probably on for a couple of years before I decided to, uh, let's say, go ahead. Um, I mean, I was speaking at a number of um, industry conferences um, between 2005 and 2009, and they were very subject specific. They were they were great, to be fair, but they were very subject specific. And you know, I, I started looking at the World Economic Forum and thought that it's not really one event which brings you know the, the business sector together and. So that was kind of uh, the first kind of opportunity. I thought, okay, if you can build an event where it's really a must-to-attend event, um, people will will come. And obviously, at the beginning, it takes time, and we've always had a a long-term approach. And when I said we, um, my wife is a, a, obviously the co-founder. As, as well. Um, we set it up in, in 2009. Looking back, 2009 was uh, an interesting uh, time. It was at the height of the economic recession. Um, we had our uh, our first son. And, but you don't look at those factors too much. You really look at the opportunity in, in, in setting it up. So in the last 10 years, um, we've ran events 
in Amsterdam, where it all started, and then Geneva, and now for uh, next year and for the foreseeable future, um, the, the, the city's London, the venues, the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium will have about 1,500 delegates, 100 plus speakers, seven sports business conferences um, over the two days. So there's a lot of um, you know, opportunity from a content perspective, learning best practice, but also what you touched upon, Ed, earlier is that kind of networking opportunity. Does at the end of the day, brands, rights holders, clubs, agencies, you know, they want to meet new persons, new, new, new organizations to do business and make new connections. And that's what we, we provide. I find, you know, 50% of the audience come for the content, whereas probably another 50% or the other 50% uh, really come for the kind of the networking opportunity. It's a kind of a, it's a global event. And, you know, at present, you know, we're very advanced on the uh, uh, conference programming, which is uh, which is now live on, on, on the website. Honestly, I find this event brilliant. And just really quickly, I just want to say one question about being patient. What does being patient mean to you from a business standpoint? Because honestly, to set this event up, looking back 10 years ago, would you ever imagine it being at the new Tottenham Hotspur ground out of interest? You've got to have a vision. Um, but what I've learned over the last 10 years, you've got to be very patient. You've got to take a long term approach. Um, there's a lot on LinkedIn, you know, startup, startup technology. Um, and it all ends up with, you know, start a business, find some private equity, investor money, and then um, develop it and exit. This is probably less than 1% for sure. Um, you know, business, startup, growing it, you know, it's tenacity, it's hard work, it's, it's actually really working very hard, it's staying ahead of the curve, it's also looking at, you know, what's happening in the marketplace, who are your competitors, how can you be better, how can you differentiate, and, and, and for, for me, you know, businesses are, are, are certainly not grown overnight i think what one part of you know what i say on the international sports convention is is our brand is you know we are you know just over 10 years old now there's not many organizers event organizers in the b2b sports market who are over 10 years um old so it shows longevity it shows credibility in terms of what we're providing um the, the sports industry out of interest what are you looking forward to with regards to the event in 2020 on a personal note it's a great question i always look look forward to when it's finished and that the that the delegates attendees our partners are happy and then they want to you know come back again for for 2021 i think it's only when it's finished and we've got the you know the great feedback hopefully that it's finished obviously we've moved both city and location so from a an operational aspect we've got you know more things to do than um, what we had previously because we were used to the the, the venue um, in, in, in Geneva so yeah certainly when it's finished but you know the, the build-up you know it's, it's nearly eight months to go you know th there's a lot of lot of things to do but we're very advanced on the on the programming what we're really excited with the Tottenham Hotspur venue is just the quality the quality spaces for networking for the different types of conference rooms such as the tunnel club etc so from a 
uh, an audience, uh, the global sports business industry, have not actually um, experienced Tottenham Hotspur. It will just be a, a fantastic setting for networking and and listening to the you know the different speakers we have there. So that's what I'm really excited about. Is we're taking the event uh, several uh, steps forward with the, the the venue as well. Out of interest, I know you said you've got quite a lot on, but what have you been currently doing at the moment? A lot of it now really is, you know, with eight months to go, is finalise the speakers. It sounds a bit weird with eight months to go, but, you know, the industry always asks us, you know, who's speaking, what's the programme? So, you know, now we can say, here it is, it's ready. These are a lot of the speakers which are confirmed. So a lot of of that now is finalising um, the programming for, for, for next year. Also now it's a, you know, we're really up in our kind of our, our marketing um, speaking to a lot of um, you know, companies across the world in, in, in the sports business industry who are very much interested in you know, partnering and, and being involved um, in the event um, because now companies obviously setting their budgets for 2020 and, and of course you know, the International Sports Convention would like to be part of um, their budget and their kind of uh, marketing and event spend, of course. Look, I find this really interesting. And look, I, I, as I said, I can't wait for next year with regards to the event itself. Just on a personal note, again, Nigel, what have you enjoyed the most from your sports career journey looking back 20 years ago? When I joined FIFA in 2005, I was in the commercial um, and marketing department and I was overseeing, um, you know, basically it's called the Artificial Turf Project. And the president then, Seth Blatter, it was basically his biggest singular investment project. Timing is everything. And really, over those few years at FIFA, it became, you know, one of the biggest development projects at FIFA, both at grassroots, community, club level and, and, and national level. You know, out of the 200 plus national associations of FIFA, you know, a lot would dream of having the, the quality of a, of a, of a you know, grass pitch and the quality of the grass pitch at Wembley Stadium. But, you know, a, a lot of uh, places I visited from, you know, Swaziland to the Ivory Coast, you know, you know their national stadium and the quality of the, of the, of the, of the pitch you know, it just wasn't there at all. There was a program called Win in Africa with Africa. Every member association of uh, CAF, the Africa uh, Continental Association, received a football pitch. So, you know, there's certain things in Western, Northern Europe we take for granted, but it makes a huge difference both at the professional level and at community level. You can see that with the Football Association in England, you know, and also the the DFB really in Germany investing into facilities. Um, And that gets more players playing more often, more more regularity. Um, You know, one of the reasons, you know, Iceland uh, beat England in the last Euros was because of their investment into pitches and then from there that became the 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 starting point you know if you you don't have a pitch it's hard to then attract coaches Um, and that really became the 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 starting point so you have a good all-round year pitch 
you can have have coaching all year round in good conditions the players get better so you know it's something which doesn't get too much uh, broadcast uh, with uh, glo- globally artificial turf in, in the sports business industry but it's a for me it's it's, a, it's been a game change in the last 10 years in the in the development of, of, of football and some other sports like, like rugby as well. Nigel, I find this conversation really interesting and it sort of relates to your point earlier about sort of building that good foundation, um, not just in sports, but also in that sort of business environment. And I feel like we're at a great stage of the interview. Where I'd like to finish with an inspirational question. What advice would you give to university students who are just starting out their career journey in the sports business sector? I think it's really clear. It doesn't matter what degree one is doing at that point, because I think at 18, 19, one doesn't really know. But if they're interested in in, in sport or any other industry, for me, it's really work experience. Don't don't look for the perfect thing at that that time. Just do a lot of work experience. It opens your eyes on what you may like, or certainly what you may not like, it then gives, it starts building your network. And, and at the end of the, ga- end of the day, you know, when, when one graduates, it's about getting a job. And I find, you know, recruiters and even ourselves, the ones who've um, done summer placements have worked all year round because you know, some of the university courses are six to eight hours. So, you know, there's a lot of opportunity to get a lot of work experience, both paid or, or voluntary. And I think that's very important. Um, you know, build your CV, build your network, find out things you like, hopefully, and certainly things you don't like. You only get really one opportunity between those very informative um, ages at, at university to kind of uh, uh, go ahead. But I think employers like ourselves, you know, um, we, we look for individuals who you know have gone out above the, the course and, and 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 done work experience whether related work experience obviously in the sports and events industry or or just having that kind of work culture um, embedded in themselves so that's my advice to students and um, recent graduates that is fantastic i really do hope the listeners take that on board how can people interact with you online nigel well, they can always contact me on um, email, but I'm very active on, on, on LinkedIn. So that's probably the, the best way finding me. That is great. To all the listeners listening in, that LinkedIn link will be on my website relating to this blog post. Nigel, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you today. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ed. What a really interesting podcast chat with Nigel. And with regards to this being the last podcast episode for season four, it really does end on a brilliant note because... With regards to Nigel's experience from the last 20 years and his vision with regards to his event of showcasing having a vision in place, being patient by building credibility and building a brand, creating customer experience, and most importantly, creating a unique product that can really elevate the market is a real indicator today's podcast topic that if you want to pursue a career in sports business, you have to take all those factors in place, not just relating to working with a business, but it also relates to your personal career journey as well. So if you want to work in sports business by having an understanding of a company's values, having an understanding of what their real vision is, is going to hold you stead really well when starting a career in sports business. Whatever sector 
of sport business you want to work in, if that's in marketing, if that means in sales or sponsorship, or even if it's more like customer service, having this understanding from a bigger picture is so important to understand. And from a sports career guidance perspective, I really do hope you took on board what Nigel was saying, having that skill set in place by having great communication skills which really showcases you and putting yourself out there in an effective way, but also getting on that hands-on experience as well, knowing what you want to do and knowing what you don't want to do. These are so important things to take on board when starting a career in the sports industry with confidence. So really take all that information on board and apply it to your sports career ambition today. Now, as always, at the end of each podcast episode, I'd like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Nigel said, be an effective communicator, build your network and focus on the things you like and figure out the things you don't like. But with regards to the things you like, get hands-on experience in that area because that is how you're going to specialise in what you do.